702 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Uh, nope, for- we're in hour two. We are in hour two of the program. Former, thank you for picking that up. Former Canadian men's national team rugby player Jeb Sinclair is going to join us in a moment here to kick off hour two ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, hour two is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics providers, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Our next guest represented the Canadian national senior men's rugby team in over 50 international matches, which included... 2011 Rugby World Cup and the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Joining us now to break down this year's World Cup, Jeb Sinclair here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Jeb. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing pretty well. I'm I'm really excited for the Rugby World Cup. And in doing research about you yesterday, Jeb, I went onto YouTube and I just punched punched in Jeb Sinclair. Um, how many fights did you get in during your rugby <laughs> no career? Because it seems to be like mostly it's not like great try from Jeb Sinclair. It was like here's a punch. No, uh, no pun intended. Eh? You punched it into YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, if you scroll down a little bit, there are some tries there. So maybe <laughs> send another, maybe send another couple of minutes on there, and you'll see a few highlights that aren't just uh, uh, fights and tackles. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were a flanker, correct? So tackling was your thing, or one of your things. That was it. Yeah, that was probably that was probably my most valuable skill for for ten years was just tackling. What is your number one piece of advice for anyone looking to learn how to tackle? Um, make sure you get your head in the right spot. It's not uh, if you go across the body and you get your head in front of knees, you're gonna you're not gonna be playing very long. Right. Okay. We've talked about this before, and that is often a, a piece of advice. Like, hey, keep your uh, keep your head away from those knees because they can concuss you pretty badly. Let's talk about this Rugby World Cup. Jeb, do you have a favorite heading into this one? Um, I have two. Yeah, I've got, um, I think France and South Africa are both going to be very tough to beat. And um, the South African team holds uh, like a special place in my heart. because I think 10 or 12 of them are still guys that I played with down in South Africa in 2012. Mm -hmm. Did you play in that Super League? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Super Rugby. Right. Yeah, I played in that, and then I played in the uh, in the Curry Cup for uh, Western Province in 2012. And, of course, the South Africans are the defending Rugby World Cup champs. They beat England in the last Rugby World Cup final after England had looked so good against the All Blacks in the semifinals. I thought, I thought England was going to pull it off. Um, let's talk a bit about the host from France. Um, tell us about Antoine Dupont, because he might be the biggest star in rugby right now. Yeah, I mean most most years there are you know most years there's two or three players that you can say are are the best player, um, but right now he is head and shoulders above every other player on the planet. He can kick off both feet. Um, he's just X factor all over the place. Follows the play phenomenally well, and for a guy who's about five five, tackles like he's six five. And is he a scrum half? He is. He is a scrum half. Yeah. 
So typically, where are the star players in rugby? Um, typically, your eight man, your scrum half, your ten, and your fullback will be sort of the star players. They're the ones that are around the ball all the time, mm-hmm. um, making all the plays. Your eight man is is generally, you know, one of the main ball carriers that really gets you that go forward. Um, but yeah, not the halfbacks. Nine and ten would be would be most of team stars. And then occasionally, um, so what? What? What number is a winger? Like I'm thinking about Joan Aloma, who's arguably the great, the, the late Joan Aloma, who, who's arguably the greatest player ever. Yeah. So the wingers are eleven and fourteen. Okay. Um, the problem with wingers is sometimes they, uh, with some teams, they don't always get the ball. Um, the French wingers obviously won't have too much. Too much worry about getting the ball from their centers because they're so skilled. Um, but yeah, certainly wingers—they're the ones that are on the end of all the plays to score the tries. So only four countries have won the Rugby World Cup. That would be New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, and England. France is the host, and you say that they're one of your favorites. Correct. What about what about Ireland, though? Do you think they could pull it off because they were pretty good in the Six Nations? And, you know, I think I know there's a lot of Irish fans that are like, this is our not only our rugby moment, but this could be our sporting moment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they're they'd be considered one of the favorites along with um, with France and South Africa. They're ranked first right now and have been for sort of 12 or 18 months. Um, very skilled, very good. Uh, one of the issues with them is their fly half um, is about 38, 39 years old, and he's had a, a long history of injuries. Mm-hmm. And so if he goes down or gets injured in any, any of the pool games, um, I just don't know that they have the depth outside of him should he get injured. We're speaking to Jeb Sinclair here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Jeb, a decorated Canadian rugby international, uh, appeared in two World Cups, 2011 and 2015. And we mentioned, Jeb, that Canada, for the first time ever, will not be at the Rugby World Cup this year in 2023. Uh, it's a far fall from where the program was when you were there in 2011, where you qualified for the World Cup and you were ranked number 11 in the world. How did Rugby Canada get to the spot that they're in right now? Yeah. Um, geez, if, if I had that answer, maybe we wouldn't be in this position. I mean, I think, I think something like COVID, um, it really did hurt us for, you know, those 18 to 24 months where we just didn't have games, couldn't get our guys together training, um, maybe had some stricter restrictions in other places around the world. Um, we haven't really been nurturing a lot of our sort of under 18 and under 20 teams. Um, so I think that's something that would, isn't, isn't easy to fix, but it's something that could be fixed um, that I think would have a lot of, uh, give us a lot of positive momentum moving forward. Is there a funding gap as well? Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's a funding gap in, in a lot of countries, rugby is sort of the number one or number two sport. And in Canada, you know, it's probably down around, you know, six, seven or eight in terms of kind of funding from different governing bodies and from, uh, from world rugby. So tell us how you got into rugby. I, uh, I played 
pretty much every other sport growing up through high school. And then before the hockey season, uh, I was a mountain biker and I fell off my bike and broke my leg. <laughs> and uh, so couldn't play hockey until kind of after Christmas. And then, uh, you know, all the teams were picked and I realized I didn't actually miss going to the rink that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then come spring, I was bored out of my tree, and the only sort of walk-on sport back at my high school was uh, was rugby. So I just showed up and fell in love with it in about 15 minutes. And you grew up in New Brunswick, right? In Fredericton, New Brunswick, yeah, correct. So, so was rugby a big sport there? No, not uh, not really. We had we've got one club, the Fredericton Loyalists, sort of my home club that you know has. Now I think they've been around 60 or 65 years, and mm-hmm. they have just a really dedicated sort of volunteer group and um, and and some good coaches back then that were really invested in coaching and, and gave me probably the right direction back when I was young. And then eventually, do you have to move out west? Is that where Rugby Canada has its operations? Yeah, so I moved to I moved to Edinburgh first in scotland uh 20 mm-hmm. and then then when i came back i went out to what would be considered i guess the canadian academy in victoria mm-hmm. um and at that time we trained out of uh uvic we shared grounds with university of victoria and then from there in the last sort of six or seven years they've moved up to langford so you must have had a lot of fun in your rugby career not only playing the game but the social aspects of rugby which i'm sure you participated in what was the most what was the craziest bunch of guys that you played with the, the uh well i mean what can i what can i say on air or what who were the craziest <laughs> yeah you can, I mean, you can you can yeah push the push the limits here well there's a there's a couple of good stories i remember we were playing the republic of georgia in tbilisi so this is you know, bordering Russia, and this would have been back in, I think, 2009 or 2010, and they had a, uh, they had a sort of a Iron Curtain era stadium for some sort of Eastern European USSR games that probably fit about 60,000 people, um, and when we're coming out to play Georgia, they had two rows of riot police facing facing the crowd and there was already flares going and there's you know 20 or 30 kids from from canada thinking what the hell have we gotten ourselves into here um and so that was that's a pretty crazy memory that i still have um and the culture of rugby how much of that was the attraction for you like there's the game and then there's the stuff you do after the game. And I know of all my friends that play rugby, like they've just created a lot of lifelong friends through, you know, this is a terrible phrase. I hate like going to battle together, but then partying after how much of it was, how much of that was, was a draw for you? Oh, I mean, it, it was probably sort of the number one thing. Cause you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, you don't, you don't really think that you're going to play for Canada and go, play professionally overseas you're just enjoying Tuesdays Thursdays and Saturdays but I remember it was one of my first or second games at my uh that I was playing my and uh my dad came to watch and after the game he comes down from you know the little stands that we had and like 
he'd had a you know a beer or two because they had the little beer cart out there and he's like man it was you guys are smashing each other no one was yelling at the ref yeah like and now you're all going back to the clubhouse just to eat and drink together he was like this is awesome and it kind of and you don't I guess you don't realize at the time how rare that is amongst team sports. But now, I mean, I run a club in, uh, in Connaught Park, the Marilomas. And, I mean, that's one of our most important things is making sure that we have a good feed for the opposing teams after the game and, you know, some cheap beer. And we make sure that whenever we tour to another club that, you know, we give them an hour or two after the game to sit in their clubhouse and, and have a beer and, and eat their food and stuff. Hosting is hugely important. Well, Jeb, thanks for joining us today, talking about the Rugby World Cup, talking about the current state of Rugby Canada, and also just your love for the game. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. And I'm uh, I'm going there uh, tomorrow, so I've heard that maybe we're going to do a, a live oh um, yes from a game in uh, two weeks or something. That would be that would be amazing. So who who do you want to go see the most? Well. I mean, who do I want to go see and what tickets were available from the, right. the ticket master? You got the Georgia Tonga game, didn't you? <laughs> no, I've got I've got Italy, New Zealand, and Italy, Ooh. Uruguay, nice. um, which is good because the Italy coach is Kieran Crowley, who coached me for seven, eight years on our national team right. and then took the Italy job. Mm-hmm. So it'll be good to go see him. Okay, well, have a great time. Uh, Try and get some sleep, although you probably won't. But have a great time, and maybe we'll do a hit from over in France. Pleasure, fellas. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jeb. That's uh, Jeb Sinclair, former Canadian rugby international here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Rugby World Cup gets underway today at noon. Was it France-New Zealand in the opener? France-New Zealand, yeah. They're in the same group, and they're two of the favorites. Um, So the four favorites, I would say, are France, New Zealand, South Africa, and the Irish. I think Australia and England not in good form heading into this tournament. Actually, I think England plays Argentina in their first game, and the Argentinians might be favored in that one. Um, do you want to do some Ask Us Anythings and some What We Learns here? Sure. Okay. Uh, this one is from Stacy in White Rock. This one's for Rick, but I think we should all answer this. Okay. Ask Us Anything. Do you think you would be able to land a plane in an emergency. I bring this up because last week you flew over to Salt Spring? Yeah, I've, t- I've been taking the seaplane over to Salt Spring. You f- it's, a be- yeah, you- it's a beautiful... little humble brag there. It's a beautiful ride. Me and my fellows have been taking the... <laughs> it's like a $100 ticket. Hey, <laughs> yeah. We've been taking the water plane to Salt yeah. Spring Island. So that's kind of the... Lo- I mean... Like this is meant as no disrespect to the the seaplanes as opposed mm-hmm. to like a seven forty seven. But they serve tea on that plane. All right, please, please stop. Okay. No, I, have you ever been like on a classical seaplane? music playing? The Did you not see his video? He was literally sitting I've in taken the that seaplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's nothing too fancy. No, it's nothing fancy. Right. Sounds fancy. Yeah. Do, do you it think goes you, up okay. in the air must so, be fancy? That is fancy. The, the question is, were <laughs> you fancy air balloon? They're looking uh, at you in the sky. Do you think you'd be able to land a plane in an emergency? No, nope. if I was talked through it. Land or sea, or I have to like still no, or I have no radio and, contact, which is easier. I think getting talked through would be worse. I would be Sorry? In worse. Well, okay, well, what? Well, there's too many what? questions. You're just on a wing it. I would I'm just be. I would just questions. be panicking and pressing okay. all the wrong buttons. Okay. Basketball. Ben, this ben, is good. Your, this yeah. is okay. Ben. Ask your question. Okay, are we landing on a runway or the water? Right, and which would be easier? I think landing on a runway would be easier. 
Maybe. Mm, you, don't no. to, you don't have to worry about waves no. and stuff. I feel like you're going faster on the runway. Runway is solid ground, though. Water is, like, soft and cushy. Water's not, not soft. Not when you're going into those kind of speeds, <laughs> my friend. I don't know if water is soft. I would Are, suggest, this is just very, very primitive, basic analysis here, but it would be easier to hit an open body of water as opposed mm-hmm. to a narrow runway. Fair right. enough. Okay? So that would be something that you have to Although take it has to be calm. The water has to be calm. You don't no, want to calm or not. Of the ocean, calm or not, you can it's hit. It's choppy. Out here. Calm or not, you can hit the yeah, water. Have sharks. you seen the movie Fool's Gold? No. Matthew McConaughey needs to land a plane okay. to save Kate Hudson. Okay. And she's like, "How are you flying the plane?" And he's like, "PlayStation." <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, that would be me. Right. Okay. See, I don't even have that advantage either. Uh, so there would it, it be easier. One of the big jets, like, aren't aren't isn't a lot of that computerized? Totally. Yes, so yeah. that's a good point because yeah. you press a button and does it itself. Do you remember uh, the Barefoot Bandit, Colton Harris Moore? Do you remember they did no. a documentary on him? He who was is a, he? a teenage kid who taught. He was a burglar in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, and I think. Oh yeah. Do you remember this yeah. this story? And then yeah. he taught himself how to fly planes off a of flight simulator and would routinely, I'm not steal planes. And they're like, you know, he kind of screwed them up because mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't finesse flying, but right. he could fly them and he could land them. Now he crashed, I think, inevitably a couple of them. Didn't. Right. But anyway, he taught himself how to fly. So I do wonder if at a, on a very primitive level, if someone was to talk you through it, you could land a plane. I'm I just, think someone could talk me through it. I think I'd be tired, yeah. but I don't know if the nerves would take over too much. Yeah, well, what that's about a pressure, that? That's what, a pressure situation. What about right? that Denzel movie where he was like, a, he was a, a, a pilot and he did a drunk? Maybe you could have a couple cocktails. Yeah, it was just called Flight, I think. A couple screwdrivers, call it a day. Yeah, yeah call it yeah. a day. We're going upside Maybe down. Maybe that made it easier. Like, you know, you have a couple drinks before golf. I'm not going to be able well. to land this plane, but I'll do a few <laughs> loops if you want. Yeah. <laughs> but he, but see, the difference is Denzel knew how to fly. He just got wasted doing it. Right. That was you, a good movie, by the way. Flight? Yeah. yeah it's called Flight. I haven't seen yeah, it. It's, it's a good shocking. It's a good movie. I haven't yeah. seen it. It doesn't right. make you want to fly anytime soon. Right. <laughs> it's, no, it's no airplane. But. From Todd has bad takes. That's the best name that we've got of the texter's name. He says, oh, I could land the plane. Whether any of us survive it. Yeah, that's yeah, the, a fair point. The yeah, plane will technically be landed, <laughs> yeah, it but landed. it'll be in several yeah. pieces. Keep in mind, most flights do technically land. <laughs> right. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's with a sports ask us anything. Will the Seahawks ever honor Russell Wilson, Jersey Retirement Ring of Honor, or honorary 12th man? 100%. They got to. 100%. They He'll honor Russell Wilson. He was and the it'll quarterback be well, of the first Super Bowl team in franchise yeah. history. And it'll be well-deserved. Yeah. I, I, I take a lot of shots at Russ because, number one, they're warranted, the way that he let his ego get away from him. But also, like, it's kind of fun to make fun of him also. Yeah. But, but he, you know, he did help get win, the, win what I want, right? Like, he, he helped deliver the Seahawks a Super Bowl. And I don't believe... Anyone that says that, oh, anyone could have managed that Seahawks team with that defense that they had and the running game that they had. Russell Wilson made numerous miraculous plays that we all remember Mm -hmm. when the Seahawks were in their prime and he was a terrific quarterback. And one day he will be honored and, you know, and rightly so. Mm -hmm. But I still think right now, like Seahawks fans are mostly <laughs> still jaded, still jaded still they're just yeah they're just and they're also you know what it's kind of it's fun to make fun of them 
right? Like, is it is there anyone more fun to make fun of than someone who takes themselves way too seriously? Yeah, he brings it on himself. Well, he yeah. totally brings it on yeah. himself. There's nothing humble about him. And no. when when you aren't humble, where you talk about constantly talk about your legacy, you know, people are like, you know what, your legacy is going to be. Part of it is going to be this whole constantly talking about your legacy and then going out and embarrassing yourself yeah. in the first year with the Denver Broncos. Hey, we talked about it yesterday. Sean Payton's called him out for this stuff. Stop kissing babies, which uh, out of context sounds weird. But in context, it totally makes sense. Um, I All, guess it, yeah. Seahawks related what we learned. We were supposed to mention this. Yeah, weekend. I don't right. think we did, but we're actually now the radio home of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, we're going to be broadcasting every Seahawks game this season. We buried the lead there big time. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Be pretty great. cool. So Sunday programming just got better on Sportsnet 650 this weekend. One twenty-five kickoff. Seahawks Rams. You can hear it right here on Sportsnet 650. They were just going to replay our show on Sundays. Yeah, <laughs> and Monday. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, we're up against it for time here a little bit, so I'll just reset what's coming up on the show. Uh, on the other side, Bob the Moj Marjanovic is going to join us. BC Lions bye week. Oh, I meant to ask you. We were uh, you're a huge Lions fan, right? You're a big CFL guy. I am. We went to the Lions Tie Cats game two weeks ago. That's right in the fancy box. Maybe the flattest sports event oh. I've ever. Bore witness to, yeah, bared witness to, whatever it was. You were lucky that you had to leave for your fantasy draft. It like, and this had nothing to do with like the game ops or, and it just circumstances beyond everybody's control. Yeah. It was in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It was hot. It was smoky, and the lions looked like they were t- like literally tired. They're just like yawn, they were yawning, mm. and it was so flat. And then they mm-hmm. came back with a good win last week. Thank God, because I was like, they're not, they can't be like this every great week. win last week. Great, yeah, really good win yeah. last week. Back and forth game. How so. did you become a big BC Lions fan? If you're a young guy, mm-hmm. that's my ask. Is it during a Pearl Jam? So concert? my entire yeah, family yeah. is from Saskatchewan. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> he was born Perfect. into it, and so there, there it, it is. There it is. Yeah. Required by law. Anyway, it, Saskatchewan. I, I, I have some friends from Saskatchewan, so I've been out there a couple times and. Like their sports radio is like we are with the Canucks. Like they will talk about every player on the riders. It might be more intense, honestly. I'm going to Saskatoon on Monday and it's like craziness. Yeah. Right. When and, you and they land. just beat the bombers. Oh, it's it's so to be excited. It'll be insane. So are you gonna meet up and watch the banjo bowl somewhere? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst playing the banjo. Saskatchewan people love their sports. The Jays series against the Rangers is next week. Mm-hmm. It'll be everywhere. They'll be like, let's go Blue Jays. Yeah. No, Sasky people are great. They really are. Uh, Moj, so Moj at 7.30 to do some CFL talk, and he just sent a note along. He wants to talk about Andy Reid's flawed decision-making, so I'm really excited to hear what Moj has to say. I'll, we have textures claiming Moj can land a plane, too, so maybe ask him about that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why did Andy Reid go for the 4th and 25? I don't know. I thought they were out of timeouts, no, but then I'm like, he three. had all of them. So why don't we punt it and then get a stop? Because I, I, I was looking at the TV from a distance, and I was like, does that mean they're out of their timeouts, or does that mean they have all of them? And it was they had all of them, so I don't know what he did there. That was not good. Moj at 7.30, Rick Dollywall at 8, and ask us anything throughout the rest of the show. Get yours in. Dunbar number text line 650-650. Uh, we will read them throughout the show. It's your chance to be on the radio. What we learn and ask us anything. We've also got our NFL locks of the week as well. Do you have a lock? Uh, I don't, but I'll I'll look for one. Awesome. That's a good tease. That's coming up next on the Alfred and Brev Show on Sportsnet 650. The People's Show, your home for Vancouver summer sports talk. Subscribe to the podcast now.
7.31 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Long week, too, right? Even though it was a short week. Everyone was back at school, back at work, back teaching, back learning. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the Halford & Bruff Show all week. We really appreciate it. Hope the mornings have been good. Halford & Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour two of the program. Moj is going to just join us in just a moment here in hour two. Uh, hour two is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street. In Vancouver. Uh, before we get to Moj, I do need to pass along that it looks like the U.S. and Canada will indeed face one another at the FIBA World Cup in the bronze medal game. <laughs> this is unexpected. In the biggest victory in the history of German basketball and the biggest upset in this tournament, probably by a long shot, the Germans, who came into this game against the United States of America as 10.5-point underdogs, mm -hmm. are going to beat USA. This game is almost done. The Germans have pulled a massive upset. So it will be Germany and Serbia, Moja's Serbians, right. in the final. So how seriously will both these teams, I'm talking about Canada and the States, take the bronze medal game? Not at all. The bronze medal game is a European construct. Right. Something Disagree. That, something that Finland cares about at ice hockey. I think Canada's going to care. I completely agree. Yeah. Canada will get up for this game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Americans will as much. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is an opportunity no, for I think, the, I I think think an opportunity for the Canadian guys that didn't get to play too much. No. They get to play no, in no, this no. game. Come on. Zach Eady, you're up. No. Canada, Canada with a chance to beat the Americans for their first medal ever at the FIBA World Cup. Have you ever watched a consolation final before? No, it's for losers. <laughs> <laughs> to the phone lines. I think that's how they're marketing it. <laughs> <To> the, <laughs> we're the best losers. We're the best of the losers. <laughs> hey. Oh, they are going nuts. The Germans are going nuts. Look at them go. All right. To the phone lines we go. Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? Good morning, gentlemen. We have a lot to get into here, Moj. Uh, before we start with anything, we had a text come in where you wanted to discuss Andy Reid's decision-making last night in a 21-20 to loss NFL opener for the Chiefs and for the Lions. Of course, Detroit wins 21-20. Uh, just go. Tell us what you want to say about Andy Reid and his decision-making. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff on social media last night he was getting criticized for the fact that he kicked the two field goals, right? I don't have as much issue with him kicking those field goals. And particularly, I mean, people are criticizing because it was a fourth and two situation. They should have got more points off it. The first field goal gives you the lead. Okay. So no problem with that one. Now the second field goal that gives them the 20 to 14 lead. I remember talking to Rick Campbell about this and said, you know, what comes in your decision-making pro? pro process a lot of times when it comes to you know third down in the Canadian game obviously or fourth down in the American game he just talks about the feel of the game the momentum right at that point Kansas City's had all the momentum I don't think you want to give any momentum to the Detroit Lions and I think you know Andy Reid's looking at his defense at that point and saying in the previous three drives in the second half the Detroit Lions got two first downs that was it. I mean, their offense was not moving the ball. So now you're kicking the field goal to make it 20 to 14. You're saying, well, if you're going to beat us, 
you got to score a touchdown. Well, of course, they come back and they do score a touchdown to take the 21-20 lead. So the issue that I have is when it's 4th and 20 or 4th and 25 in those two instances, with three timeouts and the two-minute warning remaining, the, that faith in the defense now has gone completely out the window. Right. He's going for it in that situation. I'm thinking to myself, well, if you had enough faith in your defense thinking that you know, all you need is a field goal and Detroit has to march the ball to score on you and you believe your defense can hold, why are you now all of a sudden questioning your defense to get a three and out and you hopefully get the ball back in good field position and maybe just a couple of first downs away from kicking a game-winning field goal? So to me, that was the puzzling thing. It wasn't as much as the fact that he elected to kick those two field goals as it was that he just had a complete lack of faith in his defense when it was fourth and 25. It's fun, the willingness, though, of coaches to go for it more on fourth down because it makes it more enjoyable and more interesting to do the post-game recap. Like, I I was thinking when Dan Campbell went for it on fourth and two and Jared Goff's pass was batted down, I was like, what are the Lions doing? In that situation, now fortunately they were they were for them they were able to get the ball back, and it didn't cost them. But this new willingness, and I imagine that a lot of this is um, produced by the analytics movement. People saying like you should go, you shouldn't just kick it away. Don't be so conservative. Sometimes you have to take risks. It does make the game more enjoyable because there are these situations where you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, and, you know, one of the things, too, is if you ever watch a Chargers game, I mean, that you'll be thoroughly entertained with the way Brandon Staley goes about his fourth down decisions, right? So, you're right, analytics is driving a lot of this. And, you know, even the Canadian Football League this year, just talking to the line staff on a couple of occasions, I think I might have seen one or two fake punts. That's mm-hmm. it, right? I mean, you're not seeing that many fakes because coaches are just deciding well I think we have a better chance of executing or executing the play and getting a first down if we just keep our offense on the field. Uh, Moj the Lions had a nice bounce back win over Montreal Um, I kind of want to talk about that Hamilton game a little bit more but um, the response to the Hamilton game at least they went out and got the win and fortunately the Rough Riders were able to beat the Bombers so the Lions gained a game in the standings. How big was that win in Montreal? Uh, uh, it was huge. And uh, I say that in the sense that you're talking about a team that had lost two straight. You lose against Montreal. Now you've lost three straight and you're heading into the bye. You know, that can just simmer with you for an entire week. Um, it kind of righted the ship. It kind of made this team, you know, get back on track. And more importantly, with the bomber loss, they're now in control of their own destiny when it comes to first place in the Western division. And, you know, maybe it was the fact Halford that Bruff showed up, you know, we all know the, the history of the Bruff. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. the commission club, right. All mm-hmm. that stuff. So yeah. maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know, but the bottom line is you've got a schedule now that features Ottawa, Hamilton and Edmonton in the next three weeks. You cannot afford any more slip ups and any more no shows. And hopefully when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers come to town, you're, you're playing well. If you win those three games, you will be playing for first place 
in the Western Division. Yeah, the Lions' next three games, they got the Red Blacks on Saturday. Ottawa is not in a good way. Uh, then they travel to Edmonton, which I think, although I know the Lions have shut out the Elks twice already this season, I think Edmonton is starting to play a little bit better. So I'm not going to necessarily circle that as an automatic win. Um, the week before the Bombers game on October 6th that we're all looking forward to, the Rough Riders come to BC Place September 29th. There's always a good contingent of Rider fans there. Um, what do you think about this Rough Riders team? Do you think they can do some damage? Uh, or did you watch that game against the Bombers and think that the Bombers lost it as opposed to the Riders won it? No, I mean, I'm going to give Saskatchewan credit. I, I mean, they've got a really good defense. Uh, they, they do have a, a strong front seven and a good secondary you know, you look at their offense, they do have some weapons there. I think the biggest concern with the Rough Riders is their offensive line, and I know they've got a couple of injuries heading into the rematch against Winnipeg, so not it doesn't bode well for them. But they're, they're a team that has to be respected. They're a team that, you know, if you play them in one game, yeah, they, they could beat you. I mean, if it's a best of five, well, I think I'd like the Lions' chances or the Bombers' chances, but they don't play best of fives in football. They play best of one, so... I mean, it's a team that, you know, with Jake Dola, even with Jake Dola Gala quarterback, they, they found a way to beat the Bombers. So, yeah, I think you have to give your respect to the Rough Riders, and you can't take them lightly. We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Hey, Moj, uh, NFL season, as we mentioned, with last night's game now fully underway. Seahawks get things underway this Sunday at home against the Rams. We talked to Brady Henderson from ESPN earlier, and I asked him, I said, what are expectations for the Seahawks this year? As you look ahead to the season, Moj, what are your expectations for the Seahawks this year? I think a lot of people are, are going to sleep on the Seahawks, you know, when they're talking about teams in the NFC that, that could make some noise. I mean, everyone's talking about the 49ers and Brock Purdy and getting Bosa back. But, I mean, you look at the Seahawks team, I think they have the potential to be a top-five offense. I mean, you look at Geno Smith, the quarterback, great receiving core led by Metcalf Lockett. And, you know, you got the rookie coming in, Smith Jigma. you got a great running game in Kenneth Walker. And if you're in a fantasy pool, don't go to sleep on Zach Charbonnet. Um, the offensive line is young and improving. I think they got a great secondary. You know, Bobby Wagner's back to help out in the linebacking core with a developing Jordan Brooks. My big concern for the Seahawks is can they stop the run? And the fact that they were, what, the 30th-ranked run defense last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, to me, that's the big issue. Now, I mean, the, the way you can play out of this is if you make games into a track meet and make teams one-dimensional, that will help that run defense because clearly now – teams will have to move the football and pass against the Seahawks and that plays into their strength in that secondary with the likes of Adams and Diggs and Woolen um, you know Witherspoon the rookie if he ever gets on track in terms of his situation so you know to me that's the big key for the Seahawks is put enough points on the board to make other teams one-dimensional and take them out of their running game. Okay Moj it's Ask Us Anything Friday you love it we love it the listeners love it they've tailor-made one for you do you think in an emergency mode, you could land an airplane if necessary. I've talked about this with Taylor. We did the show. Yeah, I don't have any qualms at all. Do you, would you need to be coached, or do you think you could do it without yeah. anyone talking you through? What do you it? mean you don't have any qualms? None. No, none. I mean, I've done all this stuff. Like, have you ever gone onto a flight simulator? <laughs> no, on no, stuff? It's no. Easy. Yeah. It's easy. Lower the flaps. Lower the landing gear. Get your speed down to one hundred and fifty. Your nose up a little bit as you're landing. Boom, you're fine. 
So you don't think there's anything that might pop up that you like unexpected that that you might have to deal with that might you know like ruin your perfection as a human being. No, I mean the only thing that kind of bugs me is the fact that you'd have all those buttons to deal with, right? I mean, yeah, those buttons are important. They all do things, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, but to me, it's it's simple. Like I said, <laughs> lower the landing gear, lower the flaps, speed at one fifty, boom. That's how you land like a Spitfire or any of those World War II planes, like in a sim. Boom. Did I've you fly in the war? Car- <laughs> I've landed planes on carriers before. It's easy. <laughs> Wait, well, what, 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 what? No, on the computer. On the computer. Oh. On the computer. Yeah, well, yeah. If, you, if you're going to pull this off, you need confidence. And, Moj, you're certainly not lacking that. So thanks hey, for doing I this. A, I, got a, I, got, I got one for you. Yeah. Why should you bet on the Dallas Cowboys this weekend? Why should I bet on the Dallas Cowboys this weekend? The Sunday Nighter against uh, the Giants? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have an answer for this, I'm assuming. I feel like this is a trick question. Yeah. It's not a trick question. Uh, um, I actually like, I have this one in the rundown because we're going to do our locks of the week coming up. And I actually kind of liked the Giants in this because they're favorite, because they're underdogs at home. Dak Prescott, 22 and 8 against the spread against the NFC East during the course of his career. Oh, there you have it. Okay. Moj, you did it all today, bud. You landed a plane. You gave us a lock of the week. I appreciate it. Enjoy uh, the bye week. Watch some football this weekend, and we'll do this again next Friday. Have a great weekend, fellas. Thanks, Moj. You too. Thanks, Moj. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. Uh, Professional play-by-play man, amateur pilot, and giving us now a perfect segue into our locks of the week. So we're going to run through just a handful of games here. Um, all of these lines are courtesy of BCLC. A couple things to note here. One, you told me this this morning, so it's also what we learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayNow.com, BCLC, they have an app now. Yeah, they have an app. Which is awesome. So mm-hmm. you don't have to do all of your sports wagering on a mobile browser, which is very cool. Uh, two, we are going to be bringing back the actual lock of the week segment with the video component. We're just working out the fine details there, but we figured, you know what? Let's get it going. We'll do a couple dry run test runs here, if you will, right away. So I like doing these based on the West Coast. We have a very unique situation here because I don't think a lot of people realize like the morning football, the breakfast football, the coffee football, that's exclusive Mm. to the West Coast. I am start is terrific really early. I have buddies that come out from Ontario. And they're just kind of blown away at like breakfast and NFL. They love it. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's incredible. So the the morning games as we know them of what two of note really one Cincinnati and Cleveland. Again, some people will be like, "What this one?" Yes, two reasons. One great rivalry matchup, but also uh, Joe Burrow got paid yesterday mm-hmm. a uh, five year. $275 million contract with $219 million in guaranteed money. You Good re- for him. He can buy some more necklaces. You remember when Austin Matthews signed a five-year contract and we were all like, oh, that's a lot of money. Joe Burrow <laughs> lost that in the couch cushions. <laughs> what a what a staggering contract. Anyway. When, uh, do, when does that does that kick in next year? Yeah. Right. So he this did. is this is an opportunity now this year for the Bengals. Absolutely. It's a, it it gets a lot harder when you got to pay your quarterback. Right, cuz we're seeing that in San Francisco who we'll get to a moment. They're not paying their quarterback, mm-hmm. which a lot San Francisco has I think five players that make over 50 million. Right. This year. Anyway, I bring this up because it is a 10 a.m. game. Uh Bengals are two and a half point road favorites. I almost forgot about Deshaun Watson. 
in Cleveland because there were so many other stories that overtook that. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, it was such an unsavory, yeah. uh, a gross story that I just kind <laughs> of walked out. Yeah. <laughs> but he's back, and he's saying that he's back to being better, better than the quarterback he was in 2020, which is when he had his uh, – he led the NFL in passing yards, and he was a member of the Houston Texans, et cetera, et cetera. Is, Des- is Deshaun Watson the classic example of, like, you don't know these guys? Don't know because I remember when Deshaun Watson was with the Texans, and, you know, I – read interviews with him or see him on TV, I'd be like, he seems like a good guy. And there's not a lot. I mean, after, again, the allegations came out and the multiple lawsuits, wasn't a lot of people exactly rooting for him. And fair enough. So Mm. he just sort of became, I don't want to say irrelevant, but honestly, like I don't. Well, he's got to work in Cleveland. Yeah. Right? Like They have a lot invested in his His contract is more onerous than what the, the Broncos gave Russ. Um, so I, I'm kind of intrigued by Cleveland from a betting perspective. Like I don't want Cleveland to win, but I am. Kind of intrigued as a two and a half point home dog. We'll see what happens there. The other morning game that I'll be paying attention to, I don't know if you will as well, but San Francisco in Pittsburgh. San Francisco has been one of the biggest stories of the offseason, right? It's been. I a- almost feel like making this my lock of the week. In, I love. In, in I what lo- direction? I love a home dog. Yeah, right. I might Both take- these are home dogs. Cincy, Cleveland, San Francisco. So Pittsburgh. Steelers plus, what's the line? Uh, Steelers, two and a half point dogs okay. at home. Yeah, you Heinz Field, like, Pittsburgh. I, I hate San Francisco. I'm sure. going to do it. Although, mm, hold on. The jinx? I'll give you some time to think about it. I've, I've just heard a lot of good things about the Steelers. Steelers in the preseason, yeah. unbeaten. Mm-hmm. The first team offense led by Kenny Pickett, five touchdowns on five series. Yeah. Kenny Pickett had a perfect quarterback rating. He was the first quarterback in over two decades to do so in the preseason. What's the weather looking like in Pittsburgh? Is it going to be nice? I haven't done the weather report because yet. if it's if it's rainy, the small hands might be a might be a problem. It's true. He does have small hands, although he stretched them out to be somewhat bigger than they were at the combine, which I find. <laughs> no, weird. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take. I'm going to take this. I think that I think the Niners have had a lot of. They've had a lot of uh, you know strife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boza might not be 100, percent but he's going to play. Uh, yeah. Could be a distraction. Bit of a selfish player. I think there's egos are going to tear the 49ers apart. So I'm going to go with the Steelers plus two and a half at home over the Niners. Do you have the lock of the week button ready? Because we need that. Yeah, I do. Go. Play it now. Lock of the week. Beautiful. Okay. It, uh, it helps if it's a little more seamless. I told like we well, to I told them. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You guys usually sell it a bit more. I told them to be ready for it. They'll be like, this is my lock, lock of, of the week. And then how, we hit the button. Alfred and Bruff, sometimes we zig when you think yeah, we're going to yeah. I didn't know right if you were going to ask me what my lock of the week was or to pl- press a button. I was ready I, you know for what? anything. We w- I will ask you at the end for your lock of the week. So we got Jason's is going to be Pittsburgh plus two and a half at home over San Fran. As we run through a few more of these games, afternoon games on Sunday. Rams, Seahawks, pretty obvious we're going to be paying attention to this one. Seahawks, oh, I'm going to say it only, yes, only a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Rams. I, Here's a question that I have for you, sure. and hopefully you're prepared for this. I'm ready. Who do the Rams have? I'm not ready. <laughs> the Rams on defense have Aaron Donald and then a bunch of dudes. They right. have Matt Stafford, at quarterback, and Matt Stafford doesn't even know who's on his team. They have Cam Akers at uh, running back. They do not have Cooper Cup. At wide receiver. He's not going to mm-hmm. play on Sunday. He's got a hamstring issue. Give me the Seahawks all day here. I think the Rams... I'm still are, terrified of 32-year-old Aaron Donald. I though. think the Rams are going to be an unholy mess this year. Cooper Cup ain't playing. Matt Stafford's not mad at his wife. He's not mad at his wife. Do you it, think Do you think the Rams... Is the Rams game plan just going to be run the ball and see if the Seahawks have fixed their issues? Maybe. 
Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if they're going to be able to do that very well. Mm -hmm. I, 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 think, I thought Moj made a good point, uh, which is the first time I've ever said that. And the last. When he said that one of the ways that the Seahawks, um, if they still have issues stopping the run, it's just like air it out early. And force teams to go away from the run. Yeah, that's totally valid. Which like, is approach. such a weird thing to say about a Geno Smith-led team. He's got a nice touch on that long ball. He, he does. Can, he can drop it in the bucket pretty good. Yeah, I'm still wrapping my head around it though. My you know, Geno Smith in charge of a high-powered offense. Like it's I, just weird. I'm, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking past this game, and it's a dangerous thing to well, do. But you shouldn't. I, I, like, Rams Seahawks I, games are always interesting. But uh, my the bigger question for me is like, I wonder if the Rams will surpass the whopping five wins they had last year. Okay. Yeah. That's where I think. All anyway, right. give me the give me the Hawks in that one. Uh, finally, the afternoon game that I'll be paying attention to. I'm sure most of you as well. Classic AFC West rivalry: Raiders, Broncos. I got to check in on Russell Wilson. Right. I got to see what I want to see. Yeah, and Sean Payton. Yeah. So they are favored, the Broncos. That is because it's at home. I think there's some hype with Sean Payton's going to fix everything. Also, the Raiders were really bad last year, six and eleven. Here's the thing. The Raiders play close. The Raiders don't win close games, but they play them close. They went to overtime four times last year. So I'm kind of on the Raiders here, but it's because I'm personally invested in the failures of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, <laughs> which feels petty, but also that's how I'm going to wager in this one. Um, there are so many good storylines in the NFL every year. This is great. It's a good opening weekend. Is it, I mean, it often is, but it's a good opening no, weekend. No league um, forces as much interest outside your team. Yeah. Than the NFL, yeah. it's the it's the it's the one thing the NBA does it to. Uh, NBA is good at it. A good yeah, with their Christmas matchups and, and the playoffs. Um, baseball, I don't know about baseball. No, is just baseball weird, doesn't. Do it. It's a weird position. It's the but second like, biggest sport in our market, and we don't even have an NFL team. But I, I just how big yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I I just think like it's that is the major thing holding back the NFL NHL compared to the NFL. In the NHL, you're mostly interested in your own team. Too tribal, too regional, not national enough. Yeah. Like, I'm excited about and a the lot Jets of it and is, Bills game, and I have no vested interest in either team. But a lot of it's the lack of off-season drama in the, in the NHL. Like, yeah. think about the uh, stories that we're interested in. Uh, you know, we want to see what Aaron Rodgers looks like. Yeah. We're still interested in Russell Wilson in Denver. Sure. Which dates, dates back to last off-season, right? Yeah. Like, when, when there's player movement... And there's all this, uh, you know, off-season drama that you get invested. You're just like, I wonder how that turns out. Yeah. It was like, you know, as a Canucks fan, like one of the rare moments. I mean, I'm interested in all the all the teams, but I'm talking about like in general. Yeah. When Tavares goes to Toronto, and then the Leafs play the Islanders, you know, I'm a Canucks fan, but I want to watch that game, mm -hmm. right? Because I want, especially if it's in New York against the Islanders. That's what more player movement brings to a league. Okay, so for example, Sunday Night Football. Like I, I honestly don't really care about the Cowboys or the Giants, but I, this is going to be really interesting in light of what Moj had to say. And then, of course, you want to know, are the Cowboys legit Super Bowl contenders? Are the Giants for real? Did Brian Dable turn this thing around? What's going to happen with Saquon Barkley? Uh, Dallas comes in three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I know Moj said bet on the Cowboys, but I think the Giants are the play there. Home dog, Sunday night football. I like it. Uh, finally, my lock of the week, and I'm going with the big star on the big stage who saw a UFO once. Oh, uh, you're waiting until Monday? Aaron Rodgers, my lock of the week, plus two-and-a-half at home with his new team, the New York Jets, against Josh Allen and the Bills. When you threw out that is... 
or is the luster off Josh Allen and the Bills a little bit? And mm-hmm. I started started making you think a little started bit. Started making me think a little bit, and I was like, you know what? Let's play it. Why not? I've, I mean, I'm going to be waiting all weekend for this mm-hmm. game anyway. I'm very excited to see Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform. Yeah, because for the long for the the adulthood of my sporting life, Aaron Rodgers has been a Packer. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. has been the guy since Brett Favre. He, that's is what I know him as. I'm fascinated to see how this plays out, and I think that they are going to beat the Bills on Monday Night Football. They're going to cover the two and a half. That's my lock of the week, Ben. Lock of the week. Real quick, you got one? I do. I'm taking the opposite pick of you. <laughs> oh, I love the buff- it. The Buffalo Bills are going to Your win. Your ability and pension for drama is unparalleled, yeah, my friend. You're also fired. <laughs> do not. And this is your last morning show. <laughs> do not challenge me on air. No, that's, you're going to take the Bills minus two and a half. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Rick Dollywell is going to join us next. Uh, and there is a new jingle, I think, an A-Dog original jingle for Rick Dollywell, which should be interesting, as should our conversation with Rick Dollywell. There's some news, I think, or some rumblings out there about the next captain yes. of the Vancouver. From, from various sources. Of the Vancouver Canucks. You're listening to the Huffington & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.